final poem, Alive and Free, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. By assimilation and annihilation, the enemy attempts to destroy God's people physically and spiritually. God has in the past, however, demonstrated his willingness to intervene for those that belong to him. So it is today when his people choose to no longer be assimilated by the world's knowledge, its religion, society, and government, and are finally awakened to the fact the world and all in it are designed and infrastructured by Satan, he will intervene again. There are ones that have recently been crying out to be set free of the world, free of the evil spirits that operate through its systems, and most importantly, free of its prince. God has faithfully intervened with end-time knowledge, and things are truly beginning to change. God has brought to light why man is like he is today, and the truth behind why the world is in the condition it is in. As his knowledge began to flow, the spiritual eyes of mankind slowly opened, and his plan for the restoration of the new heaven and new earth was revealed. A side note. You see, when Adam and Eve fell from God's grace, their spirit died. So their eyes of understanding, their insight to understand the spiritual, was shut off. They could now only hear and comprehend the knowledge of the one they chose and see what he opted for them to see. Their physical eyes were open to a realm of evil and sin, apart from reality, an illusion, a temporal world created by the master prognosticator, and not a part of God's kingdom at all. God's kingdom is real, solid, unshakable, rock-like, but clouded from the eyes of carnal man held captive by the enemy. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Mankind, what is known as Adam's race, became a prisoner of the enemy, corrupted, no longer immortal, and destined to die in this world. But things are changing now, and as his knowledge was released, and a whole new species of man arose, ones with renewed insight that would no longer be assimilated into man's systems or walk according to the world's knowledge. These are totally obedient to God and dedicated to walking out his plan of restoration and sharing his promises with all of mankind. These are spiritual virgins, unattached to anyone or anything of the world. How does all this add up to Purim? What does the story of Esther have to do with today? Plenty. In Queen Vashti, we see the world's religious systems depicted. They, like her, appear beautiful, dressed in royal robes, but disobedient, rebellious, and self-reliant. Vashti didn't want the king's law or the king's wine. She had her own. 
When asked to step forth, so all could see the king's wife, she had her own agendas and refused. She became a bad example for all people and the role model for the world's religious community. Look at the result of her antics, corruption, the depraved conduct of much of its leadership, and the complacency of its people towards the wickedness that is being exposed today. Hypocrisy was tolerated. We see this parallel in Esther, chapter 1, verse 9, and verses 11 through 12, and verses 15 through 16, and verse 19. Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Asherus. The king wanted her at his banquet, his communion. She was welcome to drink of his wine. To bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. She at one time had the total favor of the king. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, brought by his eunuchs, ones that had no political virility or power or no personal likes or dislikes. Therefore, the king was furious and his anger burned within him. It was strictly her decision to be rebellious. What shall we do to Queen Vashti, according to law? because she did not obey the command of King Asherus, brought to her by the eunuchs. She was not coerced by anyone else's religious or political view. The rebellion was her own. And Memucan answered before the king and the princes, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes, and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Asherus. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him, and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes, so that it will not be altered. Likewise, the law of God does not change for any man or circumstance. That Vashti shall come no more before King Asherus, he would no longer hear her requests and let the king give her royal position to another. She would be replaced. Who is better than she? One that had the best wine. Vashti was not put to death, simply removed from her position in the king's kingdom and his grace. It is the same with the religious systems today. They will remain as long as time is in place and the enemy allowed on this planet. But one day, eternity will overtake her. For now, she is lawless, rebellious, holding out her wine to anyone that would drink. She, like Vashti, would be removed from the king's grace, but allowed to continue for people to choose which they would follow. We see her in Revelation chapter 17, verses 3 through 6. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman, the old church Vashti, sitting on a scarlet beast, the governments of man, which was full of names of blasphemy, 
having seven heads and ten horns. Seven is the number of perfection, and ten completion. So these have perfect control and complete power over those subject to them. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, outwardly looked royal, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. Lovely to behold on the outside, but inside filthy and full of sins. Having in her hand a golden cup, beautiful but deadly, full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication, her wine is therefore still the blood of the altered race, part angel, part man. She refused her husband's blood, his wine, and on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth, the church governed by man, not God and all religions, secret societies of the world. I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. She not only physically killed them, and Adam all die, but let them die spiritually as well, by not teaching truth, so they would never become a part of his blood covenant. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. And it is truly amazing how far the world's churches have drifted from God. Religious leaders, taught by Babylon systems, have allowed the assimilation of God's people into the world's societies and pagan beliefs, and have even joined in killing those that wouldn't comply with their ways. Worse than that, however, they teach the lying doctrines of Satan, hiding the truth from them that would have set them free of the enemy, entitling them to God's promises, and most importantly, his blood covenant. No longer in God's grace, Babylon turned to the kings of the earth, spiritually fornicated with them, became one with them, eventually becoming the wife of the king of rebellion, the prince of this world. Babylon is quite happy to come forth for him, willing to keep drinking his wine, taking Christ's communion unworthily, so maintaining their Adamic blood. Babylon therefore grew, and her children now populate the earth. Pride, lust, and greed are bred into these ones. Some of her most well-known children founded the secret societies and mystery religions, etc. of the world. All are assimilated into the knowledge chosen by Eve, retain the blood of angels and man, and without knowing it, are puppets of the one it originated with and are entrenched in his kingdom. Esther, on the other hand, symbolizes the bride of Christ, the church glorious. She was predestined before the earth was formed to come forth in this age to replace Babylon. The chosen ones that unite as his bride are born through the word to inherit the kingdom and promote righteousness, joy, restoration, and peace to those that are turning from the old queen 
and seeking the sanctuary, the kingdom of God. Although God is never mentioned in the story of Esther, Mordecai, her uncle, demonstrates perfectly the function of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those that are a part of the Bride of Christ. At Mordecai's direction, knowledge was released, revealing the enemy's intent to destroy the king's queen and her people, to prosper those that were his followers, and assassinate all that would not bow their knee to, in that era, Haman. He was simply Satan's puppet of that day. In other words, Haman and all like him are possessed by the enemy, therefore directed by Satan and programmed to serve him. Haman, like all those united as Satan's body today, was instructed to gather the wealth and resources to control the world systems and destroy God's people. Side note, you see, there are two groups of people that are not assimilated into the world's society. Both are quite separate. One is the house of Satan, his elite, his sacred seed, his blood family. The other is the house of God, his family, his blood children, the sacred seeds of the king of kings. Most in the world are not aware of either house, but yet their very survival depends on who is destroyed and who remains to continue the kingdom of their master. The question is, which queen will remain wearing the crown? The household of Satan rules and reigns over the people of the world from Babylon, their capital city. From there, all systems of man are controlled. The banking, education, religion, governments, and societies of the world all embrace her. The capital city of the King of Kings is Sion that protects, guards, and directs the city of his kingdom. Good news for those that love God. Within the house of the king, a plan is already being implemented to restore humanity. This plan will usher all that choose the Lord and his kingdom to his beautiful city Zion, where they will be offered shelter, introduced to God's ways by the bride of Christ, New Jerusalem. In this city... There is no more darkness, sin, sickness, pain, or death. So, through spiritual eyes, it is quite plain. There are two kingdoms, two masters, two queens with entirely different bloodlines, two households, two cities, two different knowledges that give direction to the two different species of man, determining the ultimate outcome of humanity. The Prince of Evil and the King of Righteousness stand toe-to-toe through the human race to settle once and for all who has the right to rule and decide the fate of creation. Satan claims supremacy over the Adamic race because in crossing angels with humans, he produced a race different in kind from God's original creation and in his mind, superior, a different blood, a different DNA. Christ, the Word of God, the Son of God, 
stands firmly against Satan or Lucifer with those born through the word, fathered by him, and therefore created by him, who created all things originally with a different blood and a different DNA than Adam. The scarlet beast stands against the pure Lamb of God, each through their elect ones, the illuminated, the called, the chosen, the faithful, the best of both species of man. Who will win? Will the enemy's prideful claim in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 13 be fulfilled? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation or rule God's people through those he has chosen as leaders on the farthest sides of the north, claiming there is no one above him or those that follow him qualified to contend with him. Question. Are those to whom Lucifer or Satan has given the earth's resources and wealth really superior to the children of God? Satan's intent, as we see in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 4 through 5, is to place the earth's wealth and resources with those he can control. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself, speaking of Satan, and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries, into his house and his city. We must understand the hoarding or piling up and control of wealth individually originated through the twisted knowledge of Satan. By your great wisdom and trade, he makes crafty and clever those he controls. You have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. He is quite prideful of his accomplishments through his elect. But the king of kings says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. This difference in what Satan promotes and what God teaches is a part of the final battle. Satan stores wealth for the control of the world and its systems. God's will is to distribute it evenly for the welfare of all but he will give wealth enough to establish his kingdom to his children as well. Revelation chapter 17 verses 13 through 14 prophesies the result of the battle if we can believe God. These are of one mind, Satan's household, and they will give their power and authority to the beast, Satan ruling through the governments of man. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. So His elect, His government, is victorious through Him. As we read on, we see the predestined fate of the two cities also. Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. After these things, 
I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Remember, she refused to obey the king and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. She has the blood of Adam, the knowledge and morals of Satan. Even her sacrifices of prayer and praise are not acceptable. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, her affair with angels. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Do not continue attending her wine banquet, fulfilling the devil's plans. It produces the pedophiles, adulterers, liars, and traits mirroring the image of Satan in the world systems. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. God continues to warn those caught up in Babylon to leave. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. Come out and expose bloodlines, her hypocrisy, false doctrine and lies to others so they too can be set free. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. Expose her. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow. She knows Satan is alive and powerful and trusts him and will not see sorrow. She thinks she has it all, riches, fame, and few restrictions. She is lawless, the bride of Satan, in direct opposition to the bride of Christ. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. On the other hand, Revelation chapter 21 verses 2 through 5 reveals God's beautiful city to us. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Her standards, principles, and laws are set by God and the people are reborn through him with his bloodline. Prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, like Esther, made perfect for her king. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Safety, shelter, and peace 
There is no physical or spiritual need when the Lord is in control. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. How wonderful is that! No sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No poor, even distribution of the earth's resources. They were meant for all mankind. No corruption or any sick among us. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He has already started with the new species born through him. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. We see this beautiful city again in Revelation chapter 21, verses 9 through 11, and verses 22 through 27. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, Mount Zion, not controlled by Satan, home of his government, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone. She is God's illuminated one, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, no longer covered by the anointed cherub, but by the Lamb of God. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. He is the Word, the knowledge of God, as well as our High Priest and Greater Husband. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, in God's knowledge. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. All surplus will be brought to God's storehouses, where his name is, as originally intended, not Satan's banks, for distribution to those in need. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. No part of the kingdom of darkness will be allowed there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. New Jerusalem rises as Babylon falls. Remember, we remarked that much of the world is unaware that this battle rages. So it was in the time of Esther. The king had to give his permission for Esther to warn a people that had no clue what was going on, enabling them to band together and successfully fight Haman and his forces. They took direction 
even though they physically did not see what they were being warned of and were victorious. Let's read that sentence again. They took direction, even though they physically did not see what they were being warned of and were victorious. They had the timing and backing of the king, thus the victory celebration of Purim. So what is being said and done today is much the same. Again, there is a warning back this time by the King of Kings. Wake up, citizens of the earth. The dark side of the supernatural means to level you into one class of people. Slaves. This is to be accomplished through the ones he has successfully stored the wealth of the planet with thus giving them the authority, power, and control over everything of his world. The world we live in, unfortunately, is Satan's realm. He is its prince, its ruler, its mentor. You can choose to be lethargic, unbelieving, uncaring, remain in that state and in his clutches, or make the decision to not remain a part of it at all. You can renounce the world's prince, leave Satan's city, choose to ignore his counsel and knowledge, and seek the light of God's knowledge. Run to New Jerusalem by craving her in your mind. Meditate on God's promises. Read the word and hide under kingdom law for your freedom. For his word is law. Seek the kingdom of the Lord of lords and the company of his people. Come to the holy mountain of God to be restored, renewed by Zion, home of his government. Leave this world by breaking all soul ties to Satan and his people, his world, and die into Christ's death and water baptism, and resurrect to be a new creature through his resurrection making you a citizen of New Jerusalem in His kingdom. Forget your old mentor. Study Scripture. Expose your mind to the knowledge of God, released for this time, and let your mind also be born again through the Word. After these changes, enter His covenant, eat of His flesh, drink of His blood, that you can be renewed totally, physically and spiritually, to the image of God. Become a part of the bride of Christ, acceptable to the King. Drink of His wine, and let His blood flow through your veins, instead of that of angels. John chapter 6 verse 53 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, the bread, and drink of his blood, the wine, you have no life in you. Luke chapter 22, verses 19 through 20. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, making us flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, making us a new species with the DNA of Christ. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. His blood was shed for the remission of our sins, and if we drink of his wine, it is transfigured to his blood, making us a new species. Another parallel to Purim is found in the casting of lots. Just as Haman cast lots to destroy God's people, it is as if Satan bet God that in time he could lure humanity in fact, all creation away from him and make them bow to him. Again, this enormous battle is being fought through mankind, and yet many are not even aware. How can this happen? Because they don't really believe in either entity, God or Satan. There are many that may know they exist, but have no idea of how they function. They are blind to the works of God, as well as that of the devil, seeing only what they see self-doing. In short, believing only in what they can physically see, bringing to reality the world saying, seeing is believing. When in truth, what we see can be so distorted that a wrong image can be fed to our brain, giving us the wrong information. For instance, when we see a mirage, it is an optical illusion caused by atmospheric conditions. Take a puddle of water that appears on a hot road. It is caused by the refraction or change of direction of a ray of light from the sky by heated air, but it looks real, but in fact is not. So what we physically see is not always reliable or to be trusted. We many times see something from a distance, but as we draw closer, it is not at all what we thought. Again, optical illusion. An example A person from behind may appear to be crying, shoulders shaking, trembling, almost uncontrollably. But they turn around and are hysterically laughing. We were fooled by what we saw. Illusions, illusions. This whole world is one big illusion, infrastructured by the greatest prognosticator, the greatest magician ever. Satan. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, tells us the truth. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Through deceiving mankind, he has accomplished creating a world suited to him with himself as its ruler. The final toss of the spiritual lot will, in his opinion, determine which one really should be God. As Haman meant to hang Mordecai on the gallows and kill all related to him, so Satan intends to use creation he has altered as the gallows on which he would hang the destiny of God. As we look around the world, it almost gives the illusion that Satan has won. But up out of God's rest rises God's star, the helpmate of the morning star. Today's Esther, his myrtle tree, his bride, his predestined queen, the born-again new species, virgins who refuse to be assimilated into Satan's plan. In closing, come on, humanity. Let us all become a part of that new species of mankind. Let us be ones that accept the King of Kings' invitation and attend his wine banquet, his feasts, and have our blood cleansed from the blood of angels, cleansed from the bloodlines of the cursed race of mankind, to be evidence of God's victory over Satan. Let us be the ones left standing alive and free, ready to build a new earth at the final toss between God and Satan. The Final Purim